Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Philip Levy. He is a health coach whose ultimate mission is helping others achieve active, fulfilling lives, essentially creating resiliency in humans. We had a great discussion about what resiliency means, how to become resilient, and what overall wellness is to our human selves. I think you'll find some great information from this as he gives a lot of information on how to incorporate simple things into your life to become this resilient human. Throughout the podcast, we did have some internet difficulties, so there are some audio glitches here and there. We did our best to uh, edit this to make it very listenable. So let's tune in. Thank you for joining me today, Philip. How are you? You know, I'm doing great, Brianne. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. So I, I'm excited to get you on here. I've been social media stalking you for a bit and just love the content you're putting <laughs> out there and um, just what you're doing with your athletes. So I want to get you on to kind of dive into this whole wellness and resiliency and how we can just create better humans in general um, in this functional world that we live in. So um, kind of just diving in first though, what is it, just tell our listeners, what is it that you do? How did you get to where you are today? Oh, man. Uh, so what do I do? I, I guess the run-of-the-mill term would be uh, I'm a personal trainer. Um, but there are – that's just such a broad term, a personal trainer. A lot of people think, you know, the old meme of, like, this is what I, my parents think I do, this is what my friends think I do, and this is what I actually do. It's – uh, I, I never tell people that I'm a personal trainer unless they specifically ask in, in an academic setting like this. Um, I'm, I like to call myself a health coach because I teach people how to, you know, what is health, right? Like health is mental health, physical health, financial health, uh, and all the, you know, familial health, uh, social health, and all the connections in between. It really, it aggregates to a, a collection of, uh, kind of not steering the ship for people, but making suggestions to steer their ships in direct uh, in, in their own direction that will make them into the best versions of themselves. Right. That's kind of the elevator. And I talk fast and I talk a lot so I can get a lot out in an elevator, but that's the elevator pitch as to what I do. Um, I help people become harder to kill. Awesome. I like that. <laughs> I like that. When we talk about resiliency, like what does that mean to you? What does it mean to make someone harder to kill? X, right? And X could be keeping up with the kids. X could be competing in Spartan Race World Championships or World's Toughest Mudder. Or it could be getting through the big pitch that you have to get through in order to land that deal that gets you to Y. So resiliency is the ability to create a homogenous system within the body, which is, you know, we have to give ourselves credit as humans. We have command of the most complex system, you know, in, you know, on the, on the planet, right? We like to think in the universe, but that's a, that's a little egotistical of ourselves. <laughs> um, so, so resilience to me, Brienne is, is creating a homeostatic environment where you feel good, good enough to focus on whatever your task is, is at hand without being sidetracked by my shoulder hurts, do I mean, physical ailments, right? Now the mental, having, having mental resilience, that's another part of what I do. 
but being able to focus on speaking to you. I'm not thinking about how I have to go to Whole Foods before five o'clock or three o'clock here in, uh, in California because it gets real in the Whole Foods parking lot after 3 p.m. <laughs> and you got to get there early. But I promise I'm not thinking about that. My, my, I'm, I'm resilient in staying focused our conversation here. So that, that, is, that is my definition. And it's, 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 it's analogous to, to who I'm speaking to. But my definition is to be able to do what you want when you want under your own terms, right? Not be, not be hindered by that monkey on your shoulder, so to speak. Awesome. And that's all. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense. I like it. That makes sense. I know it's very, this is a difficult question to answer, but when you're working with someone, when someone comes to you and kind of just wants to become this better human, like how, what's your process? How do you go about creating this person? Uh, Cause there's all sorts of things that can be wrapped up in creating this person. Okay. So um, the question is how do I proceed? What are some of the first steps that I take to, creating a better person? Is that the question? Correct. Okay. So I, you know, that is a difficult question to answer. It's difficult and it's not difficult um, because everything is, is so reliant upon the situation. But if I were going to, you know, you, you have your boxes that you check, which are, you know, are you awake? Are you, are you fully engaged with what we're about to undertake together? Are you uh, able to commit to the time uh, and the energy that it takes, the demands that it takes. Um, and from then, from then, you know, you have that kind of like that first wall that you have to get through. And then, you know, that's a pretty, that's usually they've made it into the door. Um, usually those boxes are checked pretty easily. After that, we look at some of the more specific goals boxes and it's, I don't sleep. I'm not strong enough. I'm storing too much body fat. Uh, guys don't look at me the way they used to. Girls don't look at me the way that they used to. I feel shy in crowds. I, whatever those are, that's when it gets more specific. And that's when we, we start to deviate from the kind of, uh, if you think of analogy of, of a tree, right? You have a sapling that grows up and you're kind of on one path. And depending on where you want to take your journey, the branches grow in various directions. So depending on what their specific goals are, which we we, we, we dig out through a series of Q&A and time, time spent with people. You get to know one another very well, and you get to know if you're, some of your pain or time and choices that they have in front of them. And it, yeah, that, that's, it's, it's a very roundabout question, but it's a very, the question is very broad, and so I, I, I don't want to rule anything out. Um, so it's a bit of a chameleon approach. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I knew it was a very broad question and be a little bit tricky to answer, but um, I kind of wanted that. That roundaboutness. Yeah. Uh, anytime that someone tells you that there's a best way to do something, that's usually a red flag um, because they're either trying to sell you something or they haven't had enough exposure to the world and some uh, you know methodologies that yeah they might work for them, but there's just too many types of people, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, uh, to have just like this is the one. The one, I don't know if there's going to be a, a video to this, this interview also, but I'm holding up a fake little, you know, a little air bottle of snake oil. I'm like, this is the one thing to cure your itis or your, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's just not how my, my, um, my, my temple of thought and all the teachers that I have still, um, 
have uh, have pr- 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 presented that to me, and it's worked pretty well for me so far. It's it's listen to what people need and try to find the best solution for them. That's that's what works for me and and, and my team. Awesome. When encountering some of those like belief barriers, essentially that we know all people deal with, that we deal with um, on a daily basis with our clients. Um, what methods, especially on the mental resiliency, mental focus, um, health coach side of things, like what are some tips, tricks that you use to help fight some of those battles? Breath work, breathing, um, breathing and uh, breathing, sleeping, scheduling screen time. Um, we get so caught up in this need to get shit done. Can I say that on the show? Sorry, I did. I said that. We get, we get so caught up in this need to GSD and uh, the, the brain ramps up, the stress levels ramp up, the, the, the serotonin is, uh, is uh, there's just, it goes down and, and you're just, you're, you're, you got, so you have to mitigate that. Right. So, so the, those three, those three things, if the, I can't answer that one simply, I'm going off on another, another roundabout question, but uh, answer, but, but uh, limit your screen time, sleep, uh, set, adamantly get your, get your at least seven hours if you can. And, um, and breath work. That's, that's it. And if you want to talk about breath work, we can, we can talk breath work and hold for eight and then exhale eight. So four, eight, eight, ten 10 times will sleep like a baby. Yeah. That's it on that one. I'm quite um, curious on, for your thoughts on breath work. I've heard both directions of breathing in through the nose, out through the nose or breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth and both having their benefits. What way do you suggest? Uh, so if you're going to breathe in, if you need a lot of air fast, breathe in through your mouth. If you need to prolong the breath, uh, in or out, breathe in through your nose. Cause I mean, that's just a, that's just a, that's a, that's an orifice, a volume of orifice. Your mouth is big, your nostrils are small. So if you're, if you're slow, steady, smooth, and you need to draw it out, the mouth is more, the, the nose is less. So let's say we're, I've just woken up from a nap and I need to, uh, uh, hypooxygenate, right? So I'm going to, uh, excuse me, hyperoxygenate. So I'm going to breathe in forcefully through the nose and then out through the mouth. And it's going to be a quicker, more forceful breath, right? It's, uh, compared to, let's say a, down. I'm going to breathe into the mouth and hold for probably eight to 10. Eight is what I said. Um, that's just general. Mine is a little longer if you have a higher lung capacity, depending on your, if you're, uh, where you are athletically. Um, but eight is across the board. So you're hold eight and then right. But you see, uh, you could hear through the mouth, uh, Mike, I'm, I'm blowing out forcefully through my lips because what I want to do is I just, I don't feel like blowing out through my nose. That's going to be a little too much. The mouth is going to be, you can control that, that exhale a little bit more rather than if I'm just, if I'm just breathing like that, right? That's just kind of a, that's a pant. Well, I'm glad that's over. That's a involuntary exhalation. But when you're really focused, thinking about it, it depends on what your specific task at hand is that determines which, which type of breathing you're going to do. And once again, I would say if any, unless it's Wim Hof himself, (laughs) 
Now, even I would, I would even question whim. I would, in a friendly way, I would question whim um, as to, you know, why am I using my nose? Why am I using my mouth? Um, and if you get the benefits, uh, one versus the other, then that's great because the job is done, right? You have the task completed. Um, but once again, if someone's like, it has to be this way, it has to be that way, um, that's uh, okay. Well, let's let's unpack that a little bit more. Uh, why is it is a very very powerful question. Yeah, definitely. So, just curious on your thoughts on. I know what I typically tell people, but your thoughts on screen time. How soon before we go to bed do we shut those off? Blue light glasses, blue screen filters, all that sort of thing. Like, what's your suggestions on all that? So, what I subscribe to is. What was the last time you were camping? What was that? Anecdotal story. When, when a question rather. When when is the la- when was the last time you went camping? Um, when did I go? Four, three weeks ago in Zion. Excellent. Okay. And what time did you go to bed? Um, when did we go to bed? When did probably the was <laughs> probably, probably wasn't very very. That's when the fire we shut the fire. What's the fire that? Out. So probably around 10, 11 o'clock at night when we put the fire out. Okay. All right. Cool. So so that uh, great. That that here's here's when. When I'm in when I'm in the wilderness and agreed, fires do keep us up a little bit longer because there's that light, um, and we have the, the tendency to tell the stories of the day and and um, and drink whiskey. Um, but <laughs> gotta stay warm. Gotta stay warm out there. Um, but we have diurnal rhythms that that naturally go just like there's a ebb and a flow, right? A wave and across a, a waves which are made up of crests and troughs and our energy. Uh, how we sleep, how we eat, everything is in a rhythm like that. And what screens do is they stunt that rhythm and they, uh, they make us think that it's daylight for a really, really long time, right? So, so when we're looking at screens, and I'll get back to the camping thing in just a second, when we're looking at screens are, are without a blue light blocking lens, and this is something I, I subscribe to that camp um, because sleep is so, so important to me, um, when when that blue light is not blocked, our brain does not start producing melatonin as it normally does when the sun, you know, that's how they get Bruce Banner back out of the Hulk. You know, the sun's going down, sun's going down, calm it down. It's time to relax and be Banner again. So when we, in front of us, campfire, uh, iPad, whatever, screen, iPhone, or whatever um, the other one is, Samsung, um, Android, that's it, um, that that receptor in our brain is still switched on and it start. it just goes and it goes and it goes. And it's just a, it's just a, it's just a neuroreceptor, right? It doesn't know. It doesn't have conscience like we do. We, we have to be as the CEOs of our own personal corporations. We have to be the ones to make that decision to either shut it down or what I do is every one, 15 bucks on Amazon, um, the blue light blocking lenses. I refuse to say blue blockers. Um, so throw those on and, and you just keep, keep going on the screen. That's fine. So you found kind of a hack to get your work done or watch Thomas crown affair or hang out while your body still produces melatonin after, after, you know, you stayed with that diurnal rhythm, right? So when it's time to go to bed, you're not jacked up waiting for the melatonin to secrete into your, um, your nervous system and, and then take effect. You're, you're, you're ahead of the game. So that's awesome. where I stand on that. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. When we're looking at overall wellness, um, obviously we're looking at 
nutritional side of things, what are some of the key things that regardless of who you're working with, you're going to suggest to, to them to kind of incorporate or maybe to take out of what they're doing? Uh, key things as far as like micronutrient, macronutrient profiles. Could be that, or, could be hydration, could just be simple tips and tricks into their day. Sure. Yeah. One of the key things is that people do not drink as much water as they think they're drinking. You should, you should be basically having to pee all the time, not all the time, but, um, you should be getting it's, it's eight, 10 ounce glasses of water per day. That's the huge, but with people who have a higher sweat ratio, I'd kick it up to 10, just make it a hundred ounces of water a day, right? Make it, make it a salt, just drink water, drink lots and lots <laughs> of water. Um, that is going to help the, the literal, uh, mechanisms of the machine. You know, you've heard keeping, keeping the, the machine well oiled. That is going to help with joint hydration. That is going to help with cellular communication. That's going to help, going to help with how your muscles recover from, you know, we think like, oh, I'm sore, doms from a workout, you know, that's kind of the, the base level, like bro science, like, yeah, like two days later, I, you know, got to get my protein and everything. And that's, that's great. But hydration is such a big part of that. Um, as well, we're what, like 80, 90% water. It's we're water. We're freaking water. You have, you have three, you, you have 3%, a 3% fluctuation in your hydration levels. You know what that's called? That's called a hangover, right? And those are no fun. And that's only 3%, right? So that's why it's so, so important to keep your hydration levels up because everything is water. Everything, you know, everything you look, you look better when you're hydrated. So, and you feel better. So that's the first thing is is drink your water. And the second thing is, is protein. And I try not to sound too broy when I say get your protein. Usually we just say, get your macronutrients in, but protein is, is a, such a, it's not too hard to, to, to supplement when people spread it out over the day. But when I say like, if I'm 200 pounds, which I am, it's, that's, I'm sitting a little heavier than I normally do um, because I'm not racing uh, currently, but I, I'm going to get right around give or take 200 grams of protein in my diet every day. Now, not just not people are like, Oh my God, that's so much. You don't need that for all your muscles. And it's like, well, guess what? It's not just for muscles. Muscles are the last thing in the line to get that protein. You've got uh, your brain, you've got your heart, you've got your lungs. And when pe you start breaking it down to pe people like that, uh, breaking it down in terms to people like that, excuse me, then they're like, Oh, well, yeah, I want that stuff to work well. So you're like, yeah, eat your protein. It's not just, it's not just like lunky, uh, I got to get strong. Like you got to get the, if you want to build, build a, a resilient body, you have to give yourself the components to do it. And it can't, I tend to shy away from fluorescent things like that are packaged in GNC or ye old vitamin shop. Uh, so if you can get some sort of like clean, I do a lot of plant protein, not like shoveling gallons of pea, uh, chickpeas into my face, but like, you know, like garden of life or something like that, where it's like, I can get a solid 20, 30 grams per serving, um, and hit those macronutrients so that I am not wrecked so that I can continue to, cause when you're recovered, how, when you're, when you're overtrained, how freaking grumpy are you? You know, someone's like, you know, Hey, I love your hair. And you're like, shut up water and protein. Everybody gets plenty of carbohydrates. Um, and, and, and kill the sugar, you know, like if, if someone is most of the people that I work with, I'm fortunate enough to, they don't, you know, they, the, the science is out on what soda does to you, all the sugars that are disguised in, in so many foods because it's addicting. 
Um, and, and big agro has, has figured that out and put it into a lot of the, the crap that they feed us. So, so if we have to have that discussion and we do, um, but, but to just to, to sum up is low sugar. And if you're going to have, if you're going to have sugar, make it like sucralose, like a, a, um, you know, like an apple, like natural sugar, um, low sugar, lots of water, hit your, hit your mat, hit your protein, wherever, wherever that may be, depending on your, your, um, your body type and, and your current, you know, athletic ability. Awesome. Perfect. Let's dive into, I hate using the word injury prevention just because we can't prevent everything because life happens, things happen. But when we're talking about athletes and decreasing the risk of injury, what are some like key components that you incorporate into your clients and their training in order to decrease that risk? Yoga and water. Back to the, we're going to go back to water a lot because it's, it's so, so important, but um, finding a good yoga flow or a yoga class or a something like that, where if you have the discipline to do it on your own, great. I find that I'm just messing around on social media or sending emails or I'll be on a phone meeting while I'm doing my yoga and you know, people hear me and they're like, what are you doing? Are you stressed out about what I just said? I'm like, Oh, sorry, I'm doing yoga while we're, you know, we're all searching for more hours in the day. So that's where I find mine. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, Brienne, finding the time to reset the tissues after you've asked so much of your body is one of the most important things that, that I could ask any of my athletes to do. And my athletes range from 72 to 12. So the little guys and girls, it's like, hey, just don't eat sugar. Go go play. Here's how to lift things safely. We're instilling good movement principles. The older people, the, the people of more advanced, uh, of a, a more uh, advanced vintage, will we're, we're relearning. Um, proper movement patterns so that, you know, Susan's back doesn't hurt tomorrow. Great. You're boosting through that workout now. But as, as time passes, the body tends to say F you later on. And then we're like, well, what was that? What was that? Well, that was that little bit of uh, anterior posterior pelvic tilt that you had when you were doing that Atlas lift. That's what that was. That's why we want to stay in that brace neutral and not roll up. And we did it just, you know, to throw an example out there. So, so proper movement mechanics while you're working and after the fact, I know there's, there's, you know, the people that are listening here, I, I, I don't know if you guys can probably relate. Yeah, that was awesome. Let's go, you know, shower, go back to work, which no one's ever excited about that excited about that. But, you know, it's like CrossFit friend time for some beers afterward. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. Beers are going to be great, but let's, um, let's stretch a little bit. Let's, you know, we asked a lot of our body respect. You got to think of your body as like your brain and your body are two separate things. And that, that becomes more so as you get older, your brain's like, all right, sweet. I want to do this, this, and this. And your body's like, hold on. We got to You just made us do a lot of stuff. Let's, let's get, let's set ourselves up for success so that we can do more stuff later. Cause you, you show up here again tomorrow and you think you put a barbell over your head after you alcohol dehydrates and it stops muscle protein synthesis. And that sucks. Like, because beer is delicious and, ha and, and you want to recover and lift, lift heavy stuff, 
but your body's like, dude, I told you, man, like you didn't, you didn't take care of me. You didn't do your stretches. You didn't, you don't have to go to a yoga class after you work out, but take the time to address your weaknesses so that your tissues can recover and do work for you later. And then how many days a week? And I know it's going to vary per person, but what do you typically suggest as far as for active recovery? How many days a week for active recovery? Yeah. Like, uh, okay, so how many days a week are you active? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, we get into a lot of people just think like they need to train hard every single day and don't want to take any time to just kind of like let the body kind of reset. So I'm kind of curious on your viewpoint on is training hard every day an okay thing for some people or does everyone need kind of a day to just kind of have that active recovery or kind of reset day? I would say that the people who are, you know, 100% every single day got to, you know, grind the gears till they fall off have never had an injury before. And they're probably under 25. And if you're 25 to 30, and you feel that little monkey on your shoulder that's telling you you should slow down and take an active recovery day, I can tell you, you should probably do it. Um, because how many athletes do we see that are just crushing, uh, destroying workouts, act uh, uh, events, races, whatever, in their in their early mid twenties and then they're freaking wrecked in their thirties and forties. They you just don't, oh, don't don't hear from them anymore. You know, they just say, Hey, what happened to them? Well they they had a disc slip or they had a you know bone break and it's like you're never the same after that. So in order to create a, a, a more resilient athlete with a longer lifespan, I would suggest that you do your active recovery. Don't set it aside for a day. It's a thing where uh, you, you're doing it when when you're like, hey, should I check my Insta? No, you shouldn't. You should make sure that that high hamstring tendinopathy that's been bugging you, it's slowing down your, your 5K, 10K time. Um, you should take a second, put your palms on the desk, stick your tailbone back towards the wall behind you and do some breath work while you hinge over. Yeah, it looks silly. You might get some, you know, some, some looks from Sheila in accounting, but guess what? Sheila in accounting doesn't ask the same thing of her body as you do. Um, you have license. You're like, Hey, my, my trainer, Phil, whatever said that this is what I need to do. So I'm going to do it. And rather than block off that, that specific uh, block of time in your schedule to recover actively. It's, it's honestly, it's, you know, it's a never ending process. It's a, like, I'm boom, like just, I'm, I'm working on my shoulder. Like I have my, I have my, my, my back hook, like right here, just as we're talking. And I have a trap, a trap thing that if any of you guys have listened to, to the show that I, I do, it's, it's, I'm always talking about my work and it's going to be a little sore. I bring it back to homeostasis and that's just, that's it, you know? But if to, to simply answer your question, and I'll wrap, I'll wrap this one up here. To simply answer your question, I like Sundays. You know, Sundays I, I take time to wake up a little later at like 7 a.m. because <laughs> the trainer the trainer life is so so early, and you know do some breath work. I have a meditation track that I put on, and I just I I, I just start wiggling in my joints a little bit, see what I need, and uh, if I have the luxury of making it to a yoga class, then I'll go do that. And then I feel much, much better throughout the day. Awesome. Thank you for that. So just kind of to close it out a little bit or close it out. Kind of, I know we've discussed a lot of things um, throughout this podcast, but just kind of, I think I know where you're going to go with it, but 
top three things that someone can incorporate into their life today to become a more resilient human? Uh, sure. Squat. Um, that's the first thing. Learn how to squat well and do it often. Clean up your diet and sleep. Sleep more, squat more, read more. That's it. Read like stuff it. and read. I prefer the, I prefer, I prefer the feel of a book. Um, uh, some people, I actually have a, a paper, paper covering on my iPad because I didn't like to use my iPad for reading. But now that I have that paper covering, I can take thousands of books with me. Yeah. Read, read more, sleep more and, and squat. Awesome. I love you threw the squat in there. Cause we never really covered it when we talked about the movement and retraining movement patterns, but that is so important to everything we do in life. It, it absolutely is. And, and I, I actually would, would add overhead press also. It's becoming more and more important because as we do things like what we're doing now, sitting at desks, shoulders sent around forward. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of athletes and a lot of medical professionals that tune into this show, but upper cross syndrome is something that we deal with more and more, especially with people texting. Mm -hmm. So squatting and overhead pressing where squatting was kind of the granddaddy of movements because everything gets stronger overhead pressing things get stronger, but also it opens our shoulders up and we fight that text neck. So I'm going to, I'm going to add a fourth to that. So squatting OHP read more and uh, sleep more to that. All right. Well, Philip, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. You are quite welcome. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.